Blog Talk Radio. COVID dream like everyone else, right? <laughs> I bet you are. Uh, <laughs> it's been crazy. It's been one weird-ass year. I mean, yeah. you know, you had, like, tennis tournaments, well, 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 not only just tennis tournaments, but other, like, sport events going without no, without any fans. And, you know, they had, you know, they had to move the Western Southern Open, as you know, 
from Cincinnati to New York City. And, you know, now, you know, the U.S. Open has been playing in front of zero fans for the most part. And it's just been one weird. It's just been very weird. And now we're going to have an NFL season with no fans and lot in most states. <laughs> it's just weird. It's just one fucked up yeah. year. Listen, the good news I, what, is this year is almost over. Yep. That is true, but, hey, I've seen a meme where it says, like, in one in one frame it had December 31st, 2020, 11.59 p.m., and a happy face. <laughs> and then the next frame it says December 31st, 2020, 11.60. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be shocked if 2020 ended up like that. <sighs> It's been crazy, and I thought 2016 was crazy with the uh, with Prince dying and all other famous oh. celebrities dying. But this this takes the cake right here. It's it's just yeah. I don't know what else to say. I, I don't know what else to say, <laughs> but I know it is what it I is. Know. But anyway, speaking of crazy ass, let's talk about the the U.S. Open tournament now. You know the women's side. It's we, we, like we'll get to the women momentarily because that's the most interesting of the draws to me, in my opinion. Is but he has some crazy, he has some crazy upsets, and one thing in particular on the men's side, Novak Djokovic, your boy, getting disqualified mm-hmm. for inadvertently smacking the, a, a last judge inside the head of a tennis ball. But for those <laughs> of us out there who have no idea. No clue about this rule. Can you break it down for us? And after that, could you just tell us, do you think Novak deserved the disqualification? Okay. So what happened was Novak hit the ball, um, was not paying attention, and he ended up hitting the line judge in the throat with the ball. And it hit her... Yeah, and she and she's like, ah, 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 you know, you're like doing all the things. Um, I'm sure it hurt. I don't doubt that. Uh, tennis rules are quite subjective. Um, however, him being defaulted was well within the rules. Um, it was okay. absolutely the right call. Um, the rule basically states that you must be in control of yourself in anything that you do with any tennis equipment being your racket or the ball at all times. doesn't matter if you hit someone with something, whether it was intentional or not. The rule is it should never happen, period, and it is qualification for default. Um, I think probably had the woman not, like literally fell over in pain, grabbing her throat. Um, he probably wouldn't have been disqualified. The the chair umpire, the what could have happened? It could have been a a warning, b a point penalty, or okay. c ya. And. The, it wasn't even the chair umpire who said it's over. It was the tournament referee who is the, the highest of all officials at a tennis tournament. Okay. You don't even normally see them unless something is wrong. Immediately came out and said, that's it, you've defaulted. And it, it was the right call because you cannot 
it, it, again, I watched the play. I watched the replay many times. I honestly don't think he hit that ball in an aggressive manner. You know, we see people hit the right. ball all the time. They're pissed That's off, sweet. and it just it right. goes wherever. We see that, and sometimes players hit things, and they get defaulted. It's, I mean, this isn't unheard of. <clears throat> um, but I don't think that was the case. He, sh- he just wasn't paying attention. And you know what? He got right. sucked. However, Novak Djokovic has a history of anger on the court. Um, in that same match, prior to this incident happening, he actually took the ball and hit it out of anger three times in a row, very hard against the sideboard. He's lucky that that didn't hit someone. I mean, this isn't a, his anger on court is not new. It's just new that it finally caught up with him. So, mm. I mean, it's, it is what it is. Does it suck to lose your number one player? And honestly, only big name on the men's side of the draw when it comes to the big three? Absolutely. But you know what? Nobody's there to fucking watch it anyway. So who cares? And the truth is, people don't love Novak. And the upside of this happening is we are going to have a new men's champion. You yeah. haven't seen a new men's champion in about a decade. So this is exciting. We're going to have someone who has never won a Grand Slam tournament. It's going to be a young person, even more fun. It's not going to be some old geezer who's finally going to have their moment. So, you know, I mean, it happened. It should have happened. I believe it was the right call. And now somebody else is going to lift that trophy who probably coming into this tournament didn't think they had a shot because Novak has been playing amazing tennis. So, it, it, this is interesting. So, like, so, 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 let me ask you this real quick. Did, you probably covered this uh, earlier, and I wouldn't pay attention, but um, did, did, did Djokovic show any other signs of aggression, like this smacking balls, taking yeah. his temper out yeah, on? Yeah, in this match. Yeah, he tw- did. In this match. And, I mean, he does it all oh, the time. Okay. Honestly, he does it all the time. But it actually happened in this match before he defaulted. Wow. So he was, you know, he was already acting like an asshole. The <laughs> asshole that he is, let's be clear. Because he is an asshole. Yeah, I mean, he is. is. Wow. So, so that's interesting because I think I'm going to, I'm trying to look it up right now. Um, he has, as far as the most, like, singles titles in the open, like the open, like the major singles titles in tennis, He's pretty up there. He's 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 up there with the likes of um, my guy Nadal and he's your close. guy Federer. Um, so yeah. Federer has twenty, Nadal has nineteen, right. and Djokovic. You know, I mean, I don't care enough about Djokovic to know, but it's close. <laughs> it's really close. <laughs> yeah, seventeen. Yeah. Right. Okay, so yeah, yeah. I mean, it's up there, and you know what? He'll get he'll get his. Um, he's he's young compared to the other two. He's only thirty or something. He'll break that record, no doubt. Um, the only way he doesn't break it is if he has some horrible injury and has to leave the game. I think that's the only way he doesn't break the Federer record. And that's okay. I mean, that's okay. Records are made to be broken. Um, it, it's just a matter of time. It's just going to be put off a little bit because. He, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, he wasn't paying attention. He should have been paying attention. 
And it cost him, and it cost him big. Hmm. Well, now that you mentioned the men's side, um, how wide open it is now, um, before you get to who you think is going to take the whole thing home, whenever we talk tennis, the last few times we talked tennis, I, I spoke the focus on the American players, more, more than likely the, more, like more often the black American players. And so in this one, our boy Francis Tiafo, he got to the oh, uh, ground of 16. He got his ass kicked. But um, when you watched the match, like what, what, what are your thoughts about his progression? At this stage of his career, because I think he's he's what twenty two, he's still be entering he's his laughing. prime. Yeah, he's young. I mean, he has definitely he has time to grow. Um, he has a new coach that's promising. He did get further than he typically gets in a Grand Slam. The player that he lost to is who I think is going to win it all. So, I mean, okay. he he lost to a very very formidable opponent. Um, I expected him to lose, to be honest. I did not expect him to lose in the fashion that he did. I expected it to be a tougher, tighter match. I I thought that Francis might get at least one set, but honestly, it was so bad, I turned it off and I did not finish watching it. I was like, I don't know what the fuck this shit is, but I'm out. I'm doing it <laughs> because it was just ugly. But I Francis has time. He has plenty of time to develop his game, to grow, to get better. His biggest fault is he doesn't have a kill shot. He just doesn't have one. Um, most players have one. Usually it's, you know, like some wicked forehand or backhand or, you know, even this amazing serve that can get him out of trouble. Francis has a very good um, all-around game. He does everything just okay. He doesn't do anything great. So he's got to find a way to do something great that's going to elevate him because he definitely has the fitness. I mean, he can hang with anybody physically. He just needs to tighten up his mental game, get some belief, and develop a kill shot. He's got to figure out a way to end a point and win it as opposed to being, you know, a wall that's constantly just retrieving and hitting balls back. And I think you know. I think it'll come. I think it'll come. So you, so you have. He's working so, with. So, a, so you're he's, hopeful, basically. I, I mean, I am hopeful because you're right. He's he's 22. He's very young, and I love that he is very pro-black. He definitely is. Um, you know, he came very out nice with his Black Lives Matter yeah, sweatshirt on. Yeah. And. You know, I'm happy to see it. It's not something that we typically see in tennis. I actually just recently learned that every year in Australia when the tennis season starts, the ATP um, has their the players sign, like, their yearly com- contract. And a part of that contract is that they say that they will not protest or boycott anything. Um, of mm. course... When they do, especially in a situation like this, the ATP is not going to come down on them and say, hey, 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 you said you wouldn't do this, because then they would look like a bunch of racist dicks. So they can't, you know, they can't do that, and they're not going to say anything. But the truth is, they signed something saying that they won't. I had, I mean, I have followed tennis since I was a little girl. I had no idea that happened. And you know what? Nobody will give me any information on it. 
zero. I've reached out to players. I've reached out to other journalists, and nobody will talk about it. So I, I mean, there was a there was a player, a lower ranked player, who actually said, "This is what happens. This is what we do every August." or I'm sorry, at every um, Australian Open tournament, and that the ATP will hunt you down to get you to sign this contract. And I'm thinking, you just disclosed something that's huge, especially given the current climate of the world today, but nobody's talking about it. I'm like, why isn't anybody talking about this? Why are they signing things saying that they won't protest or boycott anything? What does that benefit? Because these are all individual players. They're not a part of a team. They're not representing you know, a team, they represent themselves. The ATP doesn't right. pay them per se. Tournaments pay them. So it's just, I don't know, I don't get it. I'm really interested to know about that. And I feel like that doesn't really happen in other sports. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So it's interesting. So, um, yeah, so basically, you, like, like you mentioned that uh, you think that um, – well, 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 before I go on with uh, more about who you, you talked about on the men's side, let's focus on the American women. Are there any other American dudes that could make a little bit, some hay, some, some little bit of hay? Or is Seattle the only cat, American cat, that's really, I mean, you know, aside from, of... like, of course, of, of course from uh, that tall white dude from Greensboro. Um, well, you know what, he's not well, even that good. He's just a really good server. Which is why he's not around anymore, because he's really not that good. Um, but there are some young players. There, there are some young players who um, have really bright futures ahead of them, I think. Um, Riley Opalka is one. Um, he's a, another really super tall guy. Um, Maxime Cressy had a good showing here. I talked about him a little bit on your show last year, I think, because I saw him at a challenger event. Right. He um he played really well. He lost to uh Stefano Sissipas in the second round. He gave him a run for his money. He did not wither away. Um his game is clearly developing. He's getting better. He's twenty two. You know, so there 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 are there are young men out there. Um somebody just needs a break. This is a this is a good time for it. To be honest, it's a good time to get noticed because a lot of the top players are skipping things because a they don't need to play for money. They can afford to sit it out, and b they're you know smarter. <laughs> Maybe they don't want to mm. travel. You know, like Federer is taking this time to have a surgery. We know that under no circumstances is he coming back this year. So that gives the opportunity for people to say, hey, it's my turn. It's my turn to get noticed. Sure. So, I mean, there there are a few. There are a handful. Um, we'll see. Time will tell. The, the USTA player um, development program is once again under reconstruction, um, last I heard. So, who knows? Who knows? I just wish we treated our American players the way that other countries treated their players. And we really, we really just don't. We don't give them this centralized place to develop their game, access to all these, you know, top-notch coaches and stuff, even though we have a USTA player development program, you're pretty much still on your own. Whereas in France, you know, they have this huge academy. You have access to all of everything that you would need, which is why France has a ton of top players and we don't. 
We just need to do mm-hmm. better. We need to care about tennis in America. And why do you think that's not the case? I mean, is it similar to like your soccer, where you know? Well, yeah. I mean, we have football, right? Like, we have American football. Yeah. We have basketball. We just have we have baseball. We have sports that tennis takes a back seat to, as well as soccer. So I, I mean, I really think that's it because tennis is a very popular sport around the world. It's just not here. Right. Got it. I understood. Um, so on that note, let's move to the women. Um, before we get to, well, actually, let's let's just get right to it. Like, you know, we got two Americans in the final four. We got Serena Williams, of course, our girl. And we also have a young lady named Shelby Rogers, undefeated. Well, actually, no, I'm sorry. Shelby uh, Ross like, and Jennifer Brady. Yeah, yeah, my bad. Um, but let me just back up for, like, like, for a minute. Um, so... I guess like Jennifer Brady is the other one, yeah. So Jennifer Brady and Serena Wings. But let's go back earlier in this tournament. And to me, the most talked about match of the tournament on the women's side has been Serena Williams and Sloane Stevens. Now, I read something on ESPN not too long ago that those two have a history on, on and off the court. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the first set, you know, like Sloan was really into it. She, she she took the first set. She just did her thing, and then back came Serena. She's <laughs> winning three sets. So, right. First, your thoughts on, on, on that match? Do you was there? Did you detect any type of high level intensity and animosity from both ladies, both sisters, in, in so, that particular match? Full disclosure, I did not see the match. I don't know what is going on with Serena Williams' schedule, if she's requesting it or what, but she will play her first night match of the entire tournament, I feel like, tomorrow. There might have been one in the very early rounds. But for the most part, she's been playing during the day when I have not been able to watch. However, they do have a history. They have a history on and off the court. Um, First thing is I think Sloane Stevens is an underachiever. Or maybe she's just comfortable. You know, everybody doesn't everybody doesn't want to be the best. Maybe they just want to be okay, make that money, and live your best life. And you know what? If that's your goal, then, hey, more power to you. But Sloan, sure. in my opinion, definitely has some type of waning passion that it just comes and goes. Um, Sloan, many years ago, <laughs> made it known to the world that she asked Serena for an autograph once and Serena wouldn't give it to her. And she had a poster of Serena, you know, on her bedroom wall. And and that Sloan didn't have to put that out there, but for whatever reason she did. And it has kind of, it has caused some animosity. I don't know. I don't know if it's real. I don't know if they like each other. I I really don't know. Um, I know that when Serena or when Sloan had her big breakout moment, Serena did something shady. I don't remember if she tweeted it or she, I don't know, but she basically said, I made you. Like Sloan beat Serena, I think it was, and she's like, I made you. So there's just all this kind of like nagging or whatever. Um, Sloan, you just, you never know what you're going to get with her. So honestly, I would not have been surprised had she beaten Serena, but I'm not in the least bit surprised that she lost. Um, I'm not going to say that it was up to her to win or lose because you never count Serena out. 
But I don't feel like she always gives a full effort. I really don't. And she's a very emotional player, and it seems like when she's down and starts playing poorly, she can't take her mind away from that and bring herself back into a positive space that lets her start playing the good tennis we all know she can play. She just kind of will go away sometimes and like, eh, fuck it. I don't know what to do, so I'm just going to lose. And it's, it's hard to watch at times. I don't know if that match looked that way um, since I didn't, you know, actually get to see it, but the outcome wasn't surprising at all. That's interesting. So, you know, Sloan is in, in, she, like she's engaged to, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Josie Altador. So they're going to have some Yes, yeah, Mr. Beautiful Josie. I mean, they're going to have some chocolate, beautiful babies, right? Some babies are probably going to be so dark skinned and beautiful. Oh my God, I can't wait. <laughs> only you, only you. Um, Where's the lie? Are you are you are you drooling right now? Are you drooling? No, I'm not drooling, but they are going to have beautiful children, I'm sure. I mean, hellified athletic children. I mean, I've right. seen Josie. Josie's full, and 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 and, um, and Sloan is pretty well put together herself. So yes, she is. Yeah, they're going to have some. Man, if those kids don't do sports, not that, that anything. Life in life is not as big as sports, but if they don't become athletes on any level, that's the huge disappointment. Yeah, exactly. That is a hell of a gene pool. But um but uh speaking of American women, yeah, I mean there are a lot of promising young women on this American women on, on uh, like I mean too. I mean, I mentioned uh, her name earlier. Shelby Rogers. You got uh, mm-hmm. Madison Bringle, Jessica B- uh, Pagula, uh, Amanda Anisimova. 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 Madison. Yeah. There's tons. There really are a ton. Acknowledge. But unfortunately, they all live in the shadow of Serena and Venus. 38 and 40 year old women still playing tennis. <laughs> Now, Nobody think, can get I mean, any attention. We went this. I think we covered this. Like we we talk about this all the t- almost all the time. We like I have you on here, but is it is it really a bad thing that these young promising players have been having overshadowed by old ass black women? <laughs> you know. And, and well, let's. Here's the thing. Let Let's be real. They're not They're not overshadowed per se. They're just not as good. It's really difficult when you have an elite athlete who is just head and shoulders above everybody else. You know, we compare everybody to the best. Serena really just is that much better. I mean, these other young women are amazing in their own right, but none of them, none of them can compare to Serena. I mean, Serena is the most winningest player on the men's and women's. So, I mean, she she is the top dog. So it's difficult to say, you know, yes, they're overshadowed in a sense, but Serena's going to overshadow anyone everywhere because she just is that much better. Like, honestly, 
a a 25 year old woman in her prime or you know should not be getting her ass kicked on court by a 30 or 38 year old woman who's been on tour for through three different decades that just shouldn't be happening but she's that much better you take serena out of the mix and you've got so many people who are ready to to be the next big thing. I mean, Serena's on her way out. She's struggling. She's not as good as she used to be. I, I'm happy to see that she's in a semifinal. Of course I'm happy. I'm a huge fan. Does she win? I have no idea. Her game looks better than it's looked in a long time, but she's playing some struggle tennis. You know, she keeps having to come from behind. She's dropping a set. She's down a break, and she's got to come back and win. The deeper you go on a tournament, the better your opponent is and the harder it is to do that. Her next opponent, Victoria Azarenka, just won 6-1-6-0 before we started this call. She yeah, also she is a veteran on the tour. She looks good. Oh, my God, does she look good. If Vika wins this yeah. whole thing, the way she's been playing, and she's a Grand Slam champion as well, no one will be surprised, no one at all. You know, so, I mean, right. it's it's tough. It's it's tough. You know, I get, the American women are lucky to have someone like Serena and Venus to look up to. They've completely transformed the way tennis is played on the women's side, completely transformed right. it. I don't think they get the credit that they deserve. One day they will when they're gone and you're going, oh, my God, this is stupid and boring, and why can't these women serve properly? You know, then you will miss sure. them, but... <laughs> They're just, you know, there, there are, there are some young American players who are, these the women are great, and their time will come. I mean, Sophia Kennan has already won a Grand Slam, and she beat Serena to do it. So good for her. Now is we'll she see. Russian? I, I thought she was Kennan? born in Russia, um, right? She, I, yeah, she's a Russian implant. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I see that she's like, like she's kind of an. I mean, I mean, not that anything's wrong with it, but I think. Like from, from from seeing her or profiles and whatnot, she she she's considered like American. So I was just, I was that was a question. Yeah, that. she plays yeah. under the American flag. So you know we got a claimer. <laughs> You're like, oh damn it, we got to claim this young lady. Um, <clears throat> she's only 21, right? Too, she's 21 year old and yeah, she's star. young. She's very young. Uh, she fizzled out a little bit here, but that's okay. I mean, it's all right. Again, she has time. She has plenty of time. Good, 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 good for her. Um, so, more the women. Um, yeah. So basically, I wanted to talk about um, the other semifinalist. That would be Naomi Osaka. And I say this: I'm really, really proud of her. She is really. I mean, we all know that she's Asian. She's she, she, like she's Asian and black. I mean, she makes mm-hmm. no bones about it. Both of her sides, she races both. She's not like Tiger Woods and runs away with one away from one side of her, right? And calls mm-hmm. herself Cablanasian like that. <laughs> anyway, right. The point being is that she is she is now as of late has has really embraced a black. What I mean she by has. that is is that and a lot of people listen to like, oh, you told me a race thing. No, it's not a race thing. It's reality. So shout out. But anyway. Amen. Um, you know, she's come out, and this is like before, like, you know, like the U.S. Open where she comes out with, she's coming out with uh, names of 
unarmed black people were killed by police on her mask. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and even at Western Southern Open, she was like, like after that, 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 like Jacob Blake was murdered and, well, not murdered, but he was shot seven times point blank and mm-hmm. left paralyzed from the waist down, by the way, mm-hmm. in Kenosha, Wisconsin. She was like, I can't play. I, I just, yep. this, this stuff going on in this country I, that, I, that otherwise, that, that she ought to, that she otherwise loves, she's like, I can't play. I, this some shit's got to stop. So she she let her walk out, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, she like like she walked out, and other players followed her out to the point where the Western Southern had to delay their matches. And so, that's good for her. Good. And now I don't know her. if you've seen that um, that that some parents of like, like I think Jacob Blake's father. No, not Jacob Blake, but a mob of Aubrey's uh, Aubrey's uh, mm-hmm. uh, father, um, and and another victim's father, Trayvon like, Martin's mother, Trayvon Martin's mother. Excuse me. Thank mm-hmm. uh, thank her for representing yeah. and and bringing that to the attention, which is very touching. And she said later on, Naomi did that she tried so hard not to cry. Um, but yeah, I think you're about to say something. But I'm just really proud of Naomi. Really embracing that without having to be no one's asking her to be an activist, and I don't think she sees herself as an activist. She just used her platform, like most sports sporting figures have, or media members have, and addresses some social ill. And good for her. She should not shut up and serve, or like the, or shut up, or, or like someone told LeBron to shut up and dribble. Mm-hmm. She's using mm-hmm. her platform to address a societal ill, and great for her. I was so proud of her. I was proud of her as a black woman. I was proud of her as a tennis fan because you don't see this in tennis. You do not see this in tennis, period. And she put out a statement and she said, I'm I'm not going to do this. Now, granted, she followed the timeline of events of the day. And that's, you know, it's fine. um, But it it Mm -hmm. came along with basketball saying, I'm not doing this. We're not playing. When Milwaukee said, we're not playing. And then LeBron was ready to say, we're not, I'm not playing at all. But then he called Obama and Obama said, get out there and play. I'm sure that's what happened. So then he's playing again. And then, you know, um, baseball started following suit and all of this stuff is happening. And then Naomi says, I'm not playing tomorrow. I can't do this while this is happening in the world. I'll tell you what my issue is with it. So she did this, and then tennis said, okay, we are going to recognize what's going on, and we are going to have a day of pause, and no one's going to play. Now, I do want to say that the, the powers that be for tennis did not consult with players at all. They did not tell anybody this is our plan. It was basically, here's a statement, and the players were like, oh, shit, I guess we're not playing tomorrow. But Naomi said... I am withdrawing myself from the Western and Southern Open. What I wanted her to do was be done with it, to actually not play. She took herself out of the tournament. She said, I'm not going to play in protest. And then tennis said, we're not going to play as a united front, but we will resume play Mm -hmm. on Friday. And they let her come back in. And I'm sure that someone talked her into that. And I wanted so bad for her to say no 
That's I wanted that so bad. But I don't know what happened behind the scenes, but she was persuaded by someone to say, okay, second, tennis should not have allowed her to play. If they wanted to follow the rules, she withdrew. You don't get to say I'm withdrawing from a tournament. If she did use that language and then say, oh, I'm back, you don't get to do that. They should have made her stand. They should have said, you know what, Naomi, we support you. We believe that you're doing the right thing. However, you withdrew. You don't get to come back. They really should have. But it didn't happen that way. She ended up pulling out anyways with an injury, so she didn't play anyways. Um, but big picture, okay. yes, Very super nice. proud of proud of her. She 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 did the damn thing, and I I couldn't have been happier. I shed some tears, and I was like, yes, it is about time someone in tennis stood up and acknowledged. And damn, it, it wasn't even an American woman, but we'll leave that there. Somebody did it. And I'm I'm super proud of it. I just wish she would have followed through. I really do. I think that would have meant so much more. She says, I just wanted to draw attention. That was achieved, and it was. But do what you say you're going to do. Just do it. Just follow. She doesn't need to play for money. Naomi Osaka is now the highest paid female athlete of all sports in the entire world. She doesn't need to play for money. She could have oh, said, I'm that. done with this tournament. Yeah, I am done with this tournament, and now I'm, I'll see y'all in New York. She could have said, I'm not playing for the rest of the year. And she'd have been financially, she'd have been fine. That would not have affected her. So that was right. the disappointing piece for me, but still, I'm, I'm super happy that it happened. Okay, so let me get y'all on this, sis. Um, who you got? In the finals, or here you got winning the whole damn thing. Oh, start. God help me. So I think that ah. Osaka comes out of the Jen Brady matchup for sure. She's playing really good tennis. Um, she seems to be, well, she's, she's coming out on court taped up that uh, the with the thigh that caused her to pull out of the final of the Western and Southern Open. Um, but I feel like it's more preventative than a still lingering injury. Tomorrow, Serena Williams versus Victoria Azarenka. Before I saw Victoria Azarenka play today, hands down, my money was on Serena because she's playing really good, even though she's having to come from behind. It's a freaking toss-up, man. I don't know. I have no idea. I, I don't have a clue who wins that match. I will be watching, and I will be ready. Um, I, I would pray to God if Serena can get to that final, she will get over the mental hump that is keeping her from winning another major. I do not want to see that woman lose in another final. It is going to break me, and it may break her. She's got to stop that. If Osaka wins, you know what? Good for you. Um, I, I mean, I honestly, Scotty, I don't know. I don't really have a pick. I, I, I will tell you that Jennifer Brady does not win. That's my pick. The other three, it could easily be any single one of them. I think Osaka is the player to beat, but of Victoria and Serena that will play her more than likely, either one of them can beat her. Mm. So we'll see. Interesting. We'll see. Well, we're going to talk about this next week. So I'm just hoping that we have a competitive women's side finals. finals. I think we will. But it'd be very I think interesting we will and too. exciting to see 
I think it'll be exciting to see who will take it home on the men's side too. Because like I'm you said, telling you right now, yes, I'm gonna tell you that Daniel Medvedev wins the title. He is who played in the final last year versus Rafa. Took him five sets. He plays fearless tennis. He is a cocky little Russian bastard, and I am here for it. And I think he wins. <laughs> nice. Hey, this has been too damn long. This, this, this damn gimmick. Um, as, I know. As, as has fought it, um, but but we'll definitely talk next week. And good to hear your voice, and good to see that you're as savage as ever. I miss it. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Take care. You got it. Take care. That's my home girl, um, uh, Janina Reed. Please check her out and her crew on Tennis, Real Tennis Fans YouTube podcast. Um, it's great, and she's great, and um, always down for a good laughs when it comes to all things tennis. So anyway, now we're going to shift our focus to some NBA playoff talk and preview what should be a very crazy-ass 2020 NFL preview, um, NFL season. So to bring to, 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 to help usher that in, y'all know my co-pilot in crime. Uh, y'all see him from the yards. I should see sports. The rest about all things. It's to see sports as well. Sleazy Radio on Facebook Live every Tuesday night. You can check out his work on HeroSports.com, NHBCU uh, 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 Sports, I think it is, .com. He'll probably yell at me again for getting that wrong. Dwayne Nash, back in the cell. How you doing, brother? No, you got that right today. It All is HBCU right. Sports. You are correct, <laughs> my friend. Yeah, I always tend to fuck that up for some reason. Um. I always try to say HBC game day, which I know that's not the case. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. So I'm watching this playoff, this this the Toronto and Bo- oh damn, Uh-oh. oh Toronto, Uh-oh. oh my God, Kyle Lowry. Oh okay. Lord, we're in double overtime. I'm watching this live and watch Toronto and Boston live. I've seen a very tired. Very spent and very determined, Cal Lowry, or as I like to call it, Cal Lowry, get a shot, probably contested by Kimball Walker, to go for and not single, but double overtime. Yeah. This game is amazing. This game is amazing. It's an elimination, it's an elimination game for Toronto. Toronto came out a little bit slow out the box, but then they turned it up in the second half. And for the third quarter, I should say, and they've been they've been fighting for their lives. They've been fighting for their lives all game, but to see the grit and determination on Toronto, notably Lowry, notably uh, Van, like like Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, Gallery has played. 53 minutes of this game. 53 minutes. Oh, wow. Okay. 53 minutes. Now, again, we're in double overtime. 11.7 seconds left to go. Boston bound the ball. But still, I mean, out of, I mean, that's like, what he's, he's played the amount of, oh, Boston just hit a three. Ooh. Are you kidding me? There you go. Boston just fouled. Uh, with five seconds left to go. This is insane. 
Now, if there's a triple overtime somehow, some way, somehow, I know Kyle Lawrence would fall out on the court. <laughs> but he's playing 53 minutes, which is like a full game and a full overtime, five minute overtime. That's what he's he's played. So essentially, he he he's he, he's he's it's a, it, it was actually he's been playing up to the amount of he's been out for the amount of just one overtime, one five minute overtime, basically. This is insane. This is insane. This is I'm gonna go to the box score in a minute, in a minute but. But give me your thoughts on the NBA playoffs as far as how exciting it's been. Uh, Toronto hit, hit both his free throws. How, how, how great it's been at this point as far as the Eastern Conference is concerned because this yeah, – I had Boston – I had Toronto winning the seven. Which surprises me because I remember before the playoffs started, you actually had Boston as one of your favorites to move on to the, uh, to the NBA Finals. And I was just discussing right. that with the other fellas over there at Sushi Sports just last night. Um, it's been it's been interesting. It, we, we've had the entire gamut of emotions throughout this entire playoffs. We've had games that have been blowouts. We've had tight games just like this one going on tonight. And I'm a little disappointed because I've actually been away from a monitor or, or, or a television screen uh, for the entire second overtime. I was waiting as long as I possibly could. Um, before I called in tonight to see exactly how this game was going to, going to go. And then I saw it was going to double overtime, and I, I just sighed heavily and said to myself, okay, fine, that means I won't be able to see double overtime when I'm talking to Scott. So be it. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so we had close games, we've had blowouts, and we've had situations where teams are capable of coming from behind in, in, in large deficits. And, and God, in some certain situations, we've also had – Teams that we thought would be juggernauts not turn out to be so much. So, um, and, and the thing is, you just didn't realize who was going to be what until maybe third, fourth quarter of a particular game, or maybe until game two or game three of a particular series. So it's been one of those situations where, and I'm not going to lie to you, Scott. In in, in previous years, um, especially with the first round, I, I, I normally wasn't as invested as I was this year, and it's not necessarily right. COVID for me. Um, oddly enough, um, I, I haven't been starving for sports the way a lot of people have been, but I've been a little bit more invested this year, a little bit more intrigued, especially with games being or, or games within a series being every other night. Um, it's been able to hold my attention a little bit better instead of having a game here and then waiting two to three days later for the next game or whatever. Um and then, of course, the 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 the, the, the various scenarios of no home uh, court advantage for a lot of teams, and uh, it, it's just been very interesting, very intriguing, and um, it looks like Toronto does not want to give up, which is one thing that I I'm not going to say that they're going to give up, but um, God, today it it it, it looked like, or, or I was anticipating Boston to come away with a win in this one. But uh, Toronto showed me in the third quarter that they still want to be here. They still want to play. They still want to compete. Uh, late fourth quarter, as you probably saw, um, there were a lot of missed shots and, and bad shot selection um, late in the fourth, which led us into overtime. But now we, we have dynamic shots in overtime, too. And I'm going to have to ask you, as of right now, what is the situation uh, as we currently speak? Yeah. But Toronto, they've impressed me. 
they 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 like like they've impressed me a lot. Now it's chipping that's going on between Boston and Toronto. I love it. At the end of the game, clean at the end. You know it's crazy at the end of a what was a hard fought, cleanly played game. There's words being exchanged between these two teams. They they're obviously sick and tired of each other. They're division rivals as well. Uh, <laughs> and you know they forced Toronto just manned up and forced the game seven. They're feeling themselves. Boston's pissed that they blew a, a shot at closing this thing. Cool heads look mm-hmm. like they're prevailing. The coaches get the both coaches exchange the situation just just get the fuck out of here. Like to to both their squad. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's gonna be one hell of a game seven. Yes. One hell of a game seven. And it's 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 uh yeah. It's it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. That's all I gotta say it's, about it's, that. It's, it's one of the there. series within the entire playoffs that really has to disappoint it. I was anticipating this to be a, a seven-game series. I'm glad that it has. It didn't come about as pretty as I thought it would be, but I don't care. Pretty ugly as long as we're here. We got us a game seven between Boston and Toronto. And Toronto, and they've been playing for the lives. Man. I mean, that's the heart of the champion. That's what this is. Yeah. People tend to forget that the Toronto Raptors are the defending world champs. <laughs> How fucked up is that? And well, I'll say like, this, guy. Like, like, I'll, I'll say this. If it's not a combat sport, to me, you can't be a defending champion. You just happen to be the champion of the previous season looking to hopefully repeat. I understand a lot of people like to use that term, defending champion. And, yes, you are right there. A lot of people that forget that the Toronto Raptors did win the championship last season, just last season. But um, they're, they're at least making this competitive. And, and this game here is, is showing me that this is the Toronto team that I was expecting to see in the playoffs. Those first two games against Boston, man, I didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially when Boston, the first game, Boston just kicked their asses. Going yeah. up two games from now. You know, they, I mean, Kyle Lowry's walking up the court. He looks so spent. He, he looks tired. Um, but, I mean, I thought Boston, I thought this would be a quick series with the way Boston started out. But I did not think, I mean, I knew that Toronto was tough. I, I knew that they're the defending champs. I, I mean, the, they're the champions for a reason. They're the champions for a reason. But I didn't know they had this much grit in them. Especially kind of series after, let's just call it for what it is, a lucky last second shot at the end of the game by Ananobi. Mm-hmm. Even though it was a greatly executed play, out of bounds play by Lowry. Yeah. The throw ahead of uh, Taco Fall. That was, that was, that was awesome. Um, but then in game five, you recall Boston just beat the dog piss out of them. Yeah. <laughs> and so after that, I'm like saying, well, shit, Boston might just win this thing in six. And to make my, 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 my previous pick of Toronto winning in seven look silly. But lo and behold, Toronto manned up in the second half. Maybe in the third quarter is when they really, really asserted themselves. And, you know, they didn't quit in, the, in, the, in, in, the, in both overtime sessions. And, yeah, that, that's just um, – it's, it's awesome to see that. Meanwhile, the Clippers I'll, are beating the hell out of Denver right now. Oh, out of the Nuggets. But uh, go ahead. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm expecting the, the, the creamy Nuggets to lay down tonight. 
And well, I'm not gonna say lay down. I expect them to 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 lose the series tonight. Um, valiant effort for this young squad. Oh, it's, yeah. two, it's only two one. Okay. Well, I expect it's the Clippers to go one, up three one in the six in the, tonight. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I I like this team in, in the Denver Nuggets. There's a lot of youth there that I I, I thoroughly enjoy uh, watching play watching them play. But I, I mm-hmm. either either some. God, it's, it's, this is difficult to say. Um, Jokic needs to play a little bit better for this team to take that next step, which is hard to say, being that he is one of the best, if not the best, offensive center in the league right now. But it's, it's, sure. it, he needs to take this game just up just one more step in order for Boston You're so to be. It, yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Because I, I don't want to say that they necessarily need another piece, because I think that they had the talent there. But if that talent could just get a little bit better, I, I think that they really would be a team to reckon with. They're already one of the top four teams within the conference already. But they, they, in order for them to be a contender with the two L.A. teams, they, they just need to go ahead and, and they continue to get this experience that they're getting. But there's going to be one play in question with uh, tonight's Toronto-Boston game that you may see in the replay if you missed it during regular time. It is played late in the fourth quarter. Boston is a possession of the rock with, with a minute left to go. Jason Tatum is bringing the ball in the half court, and he's looking to make uh-huh. a pass to a teammate, but it's Nick Nurse who is standing in the corner who he's passing to who he believes to be his teammate, and the ball just goes out of bounds. So it's a, mm. it's a turnover for Boston, and it looks like a waste of possession, but it's a possibility that Jason believes that he had a wide-open teammate in the, in, the, in the corner, but he, it, it wasn't. It was Nick Nurse standing on the baseline, and there's going to be some questions on why, why that wasn't called a, 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 a foul on, on Nick Nurse for being in, in, in the court of play. Interesting. Interesting. I got. I got to see the replay. I definitely missed that. Well, so I'm going to Janina. Oh yeah, but in a double overtime game, every small aspect of the game is going to be analyzed like that. Even though Kimber Walker had a horrible game today, Boston was still capable of, of um, keeping it close. But it's going to be very interesting because uh, I don't know if he necessarily plays Friday, but Gordon Hayward. Um, it's going to be cleared on Friday. Okay. Okay. So it's, well, it's, it's going to be interesting to see whether or not he plays Friday or not. But if he doesn't, um, whether or not he'll be ready for the conference finals if Boston well, advances. Well, you know what? I think I told you this a while back, and I told my other partners, um, uh, Kevin McCune and Jared Singleton, my, my NBA guys here locally, um, <clears throat> that whoever comes out of Toronto and Boston Series, they're going to win the East. Um, and I had this in mind when I thought that soft-ass Milwaukee would somehow overcome the Heat, and they obviously didn't. Um, what is this? So we're talking about Milwaukee now. What's going to where, – where's that going to leave Milwaukee? Like – the future. I mean, do they do they fire Coach Budenholzer? Do they 
does does Giannis eventually want? Will he eventually want out? Even though he's he's saying the right things right now, saying I want to stay because he's entering his final year of his contract. And hmm. Milwaukee's he's eligible for the max, the super max, two fifty, two hundred fifty mil over five years. Yeah, I definitely picked the wrong profession. But anyway, two hundred fifty million dollars <laughs> over the next five years would be the super max for him. They already have uh, 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 Chris Middleton signed to a to an extension. And actually, Middleton stepped up his play pretty well in the absence of of, of, of Giannis. Um, what do you see if you're looking at your crystal ball? What do you see happening to Milwaukee? Whereas personal wise, coaching wise, what do you see happening to Milwaukee come next season? How like what wow. would they look like to you? Um, you know what? If if I'm Milwaukee ownership, I don't get too um, too antsy. They got to remember they haven't been here in years, right? In, in terms of right. having a team that has 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 had back to back fifty win seasons, um, they haven't right. had a talent like this in a very long time. The key, of course, is to coax Giannis in the stand because if you you can't coax Giannis in the stand, you're technically starting over, not all, not from scratch scratch, but you drop from being a one, two, three seed in the East to becoming a seven, eight, nine seed. And you have to go ahead mm-hmm. and start building from there. Um, I say as of right now, you keep Coach Bud for one more season. I understand it's tough. But okay. you also got to understand that, um, God, I don't know what it is about this, this Milwaukee team that they, they, they can't, do what they expect them to do. Well, that's the, I mean, that's the best way. To, that's the best way to to to, to say it. Um, because yes, well, outside of having a a a, a a a balanced team or a more balanced team in, in in Miami, you're right. Miami is a whole lot more physical than um, Milwaukee is. So if if I'm the GM in Milwaukee. I bring in another. I bring in a guy that's that's um, not tall. How about that? The best way to put it. I bring in uh, a, a couple of thugs. I bring in a, 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 a Morris brother, if at all possible. Um, <laughs> no, I'm serious. Yeah. Think about those guys who 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 hustle for you, who play defense for you. They don't necessarily require a lot of points. They know their role, and and, and they come in. And they, 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 they bring that edge to your organization. And it's I don't know what it is about the Morris guys. I don't know if it was their time in, in Kansas. I don't know if it's their time growing up with one another, growing into that role within their individual team. Jared Dudley is another one of those guys. You have to have you a guy or two like that that's gritty like that on your team, but you're also losing um, Marcus Brogdon to Indiana, what was it, Indiana or to Atlanta. I think I forget where Marcus, where where Brogdon went, but um, losing him. He went to Indiana. Also, Indiana, yeah. He was to Indiana. So yeah, losing Brogdon yeah. to another playoff team within your your conference, let alone your division, also hurts too. So they they need to go ahead and and and, and get another piece or two on that team that adds to toughness because they have the guy that can play inside, outside, and and, and Giannis. Excuse me. They have the shooters in uh, Culver and Middleton. They need that toughness. 
And and then I think that's one of the things that will end up helping them uh, get over that hump. But, yeah, so right now I say go ahead and stay pat with what they currently have. But the key here is to keep Giannis and convince him. And the only way I guess you convince him that the team is going to get better, well, one, he needs to get better. But, two, they need to go ahead and, and like I said, add some toughness to the squad. Yeah, because it's too bad because now well, this is where Giannis is. He's the defensive player of the year, and all the purposes, he's going to be the back-to-back MVP as well. So basically, only two only two cats have done this before him: Jakeem Olajuwon and Michael Jordan. So yeah, you know that's a great company. So for him to go, I mean, granted he got hurt. I understand he got hurt in Game Three, and he got hurt again near the end of Game at the beginning of Game Four in the first quarter, in the first half, I think. Um, and then, like, Middleton had to carry them home, and God bless it, Milwaukee, they ran out of gas in game five. But, yeah, I, it's hard to call. But but Bolenhoser has a, has a reputation of not, like, adjusting because mm-hmm. he's a great regular season coach. He does what he does in the regular season. He, you know, he, he does a great job of coaching, obviously. He did the same with, with, with Atlanta. You know, yeah. the, like think of what he did in Atlanta with a far less talented team that than he has in Milwaukee. I mean, the best mm-hmm. player on the Atlanta team that won the sixty games ended up getting swept by 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 LeBron James and the Cavs in the conference final, in the Eastern Conference final that year. The best player on that team was um, Al Horford. Yeah, Al Horford, yes, sir. I, yeah. So, so, so basically, he took a team that was led by that guy. Horford led him to sixty plus wins, and albeit to getting swept by Cleveland in that you know that year in the Eastern Conference Finals, that's how good of a coach Bolenhoser is. That's mm-hmm. how good of a coach he is. Before that, Atlanta was trash, and now Atlanta's yeah. about to be trash. <laughs> but anyway, Milwaukee <laughs> uh, was like, "Yes, please come here, please." Um, but I think I agree with you. I don't think we should throw the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to like to the Bucks. I think that they should stick with Bolenhoser for at least one more season. I think they should convince Giannis anywhere humanly possible to stay. Um, it helped that Milton picked up the play, like, like picked up the slack after uh, after Giannis got hurt in Game Four mm-hmm. and forced Game Five, and actually Milton played pretty well in Game Five. Um, just that the other rest of the team came up short, but but at least I would say this. They got the the, the, the the ingredients is there. To your point, I think they need a couple of goons, a goon or two, uh, preferably a Morris brother on that squad next, <laughs> next season. And, like, they need to get more scoring depth. I mean, George Shell did well coming off the bench. He's their spiritual leader. Um, but they need more goons. They, 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 they need to be tough. Because here's what the East looks like next week, my, next year, my friend. Toronto's not going anywhere, depending on how they do with free agency, with uh, mm-hmm. with Fred uh, Van Fleet, excuse me. Boston's definitely not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and um, Miami's not going anywhere. I mean, you saw how great mm-hmm. Miami's been looking. I mean, Jimmy Butler, mm-hmm. if, it, a, a, if there's a way to vote him as postseason MVP, he should be that guy. And, yeah. and, or just overall MVP because 
I thought he was a more of a viable player than than uh, than Giannis. Even though I understand that the best, the best, the MVP typically goes to the best player on the best team, but the Miami Heat, the same Miami Heat team, aside from a couple of rookies here and there, Kendrick Nunn and um, and that white kid who's who's been balling. I forget his name. They're both. I mean, he's he's from the young Hero. of Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, Tyler Hero. Um, aside from those two young men, those rookies, they essentially Miami City has the same team as they did last year. And all they had yeah. to type before, besides those two rookies, was Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. As a result, Jimmy Butler took them from a 30-plus win team to, if the season played out, they would have been over 50 win teams. Uh-huh. They would have won over fifty. They would have won over fifty games, and they're in the West, in the Eastern Conference Finals. So that's what Jimmy Butler did for them. To me, he's more of an MVP than Giannis, but that's another podcast for another time. But anyway, I was trying to say that that is aside from Toronto, Boston, and Miami, you got this team in Brooklyn with a healthy uh-huh. Kevin Durant, presumably with a healthy Kevin Durant and a healthy Kyrie. Along with uh-huh. Harris Levert, along with Dem Witty, along with Joe uh-huh. Harris, I think they're going to resign Joe Harris because he, he's the best shooter. And you need a, a shooter on a team full of, like, slashers. And uh-huh. they're well coached. And Steve Nash, that's another podcast for another time as well. But anyway, <laughs> at least they got Josh Bond as the highest paid top assistant in the NBA as much for his troubles. Um, but what I'm trying to say is that Milwaukee has a lot more competition than these. Mm-hmm. The, the, the competition is stiff at the top, stiff at the top. So that's like what Brooklyn, Boston, Toronto, uh, uh, um, uh, Miami. I could throw Indiana in there, depending on on, on who they get to coach them. That's five teams. Vying with that's going to be vying with Milwaukee next season. It's not going to be a walk in the park for the Bucks. It's not. So this is this is a, this year is crucial, and if they want to stay relevant. And get convince Giannis to stay. They got they got to do the damn thing next year. They can't afford to change to make so, so many wholesale changes. So basically, you and I share the brand on this. Keep Bonerholzer, convince Giannis to stay, and hire a couple of goons, and that should help Milwaukee at least try to get over the hump and not and shape this reputation of being soft in the NBA. Um, we're gonna. Shift from the NBA right quick to um, um, the NFL. The 2020 season starts tomorrow night, bro. Yeah. They're going to start tomorrow <laughs> night. In the adversity of this COVID damn-demic, as, as the in-law calls, calls, calls it, it's called the pandemic because it's the damn-demic. Um, and I didn't think the NFL would pull it off. I don't think the NFL thought they would pull it off. But yet, here we are. Everybody's going to be set to play tomorrow night. Well, everybody being the Tennessee Chiefs and the um, Houston Texans, Texas, which, yeah. in front of, which, in which, which would be in front of, uh, a, at the very least, a very small crowd because of COVID concerns. I know some teams won't have fans at all because of the state regulations. Uh-huh. I, know, I don't think New York will have any fans, the Jets or no. the Giants. Washington won't have any that, fans. I don't think I don't think that Philly will have any fans. I think Pittsburgh no. may have a few fans. I don't think uh-huh. they will have any fans either. So I know here in Ohio, 
Cleveland and Cincinnati, they can have up to 6,000 fans. Um, okay. No more than that. And all, and no matter, regardless, I know the Rams won't have any fans. Regardless, there will be no tailgating in the NFL just as far as at the stadium. There will be no tailgating. Um, mm-hmm. So this is going to be one. And, and, and couple of that, man, with no preseason. Look, look, I'm, I'm not broken hearted that we have a preseason. I think that the preseason is a waste of time. I said that many times before. I think only one or two preseason games, that should be it. But this is one weird-ass season. And I haven't even written a, an article on, on the preview yet because, hell, I don't even know what to think. And I may change my mind <laughs> what I tell you tonight of who should win the division or not. But anyway, let's just, since we have some time, let's go division by division and and, and just give our two cents of who we think is going to wreck some shots. So let's start with the AFC East. Now, we all know that Cam, that, that, uh, that uh, Cam Newton is going to be the new starter of the New England Patriots. Again, repeat, let's just repeat, let me repeat that again. Cam Newton, formerly of the Carolina Panthers, will be the starter of the New England, so quarterback of the New England Patriots. That's just so odd to me. But anyway, <laughs> so there's going to be a lot of change. But here's yeah. how I think the AFC is going to shape out. I believe in Belichick. I don't believe in Buffalo just yet. I know Buffalo's good, and they're probably going to be the odds-on favorite. But I believe in that man, Bill Belichick, because this is the same dude that won 11 games with uh, what's the name of the backup? I, I just forgot his name. He's not that memorable. Uh, uh, um, Matt Castle. Matt Castle. He won eleven games. Eleven games with Matt Castle as a starting quarterback. That's how good Belichick is. So as a result, until they, they, the Buffalo and company shows me otherwise, I got New England win the East. I got the winner maybe at ten and six. But I got them edging out Buffalo for the AFC East. So I got the Patriots, the Bills. I like the, I really like the Dolphins. They're one more year away, but I really like the Dolphins. And then the Jets, acronym means just in the season. They're finishing dead fucking last once again. Um, so that's what I have. It when the if that's how I. So basically, I got the Patriots winning the AFC. East. So what say you? Well, um, Scott, I, I, I know you have a child. And um, uh, I don't know whether or not you're into Disney films or not. I have to be. I'll leave you have that. to be? Oh, wow. I have wow. to be. I, I, like Disney. I like Disney, but my son really loves Disney. So, yeah. Wow. Interesting. Um, I, yeah. I, I bring that up because, you know, I mean – I'm more so into early Disney stuff than I am into the current stuff, even though I'm not saying that I, I, I don't like it. It's, I, if I watch it, I'll end up liking it. Surprise, surprise. Sure. But I bring that up right. for this reason, right? Um, oddly enough, and I don't know if you've watched it yet, but I watched Frozen 2 a couple of weeks ago, right? I didn't see Frozen 2. Well, I've seen the first Frozen. Ah, okay. So, yeah, I watched Frozen 2. I didn't see the first Frozen. I was actually told, yeah, you don't even need to watch the first Frozen. Frozen 2 is the better of the two, blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to get into that. I'm getting to my point. Huh. Um, while watching Frozen, 
I was, you know, taken aback by how how much I liked it. It just seemed like a, you know, a female cartoon cartoon version of an Avengers movie. But I digress. Mm-hmm. Um, but I noticed that a lot of the songs within the soundtrack uh, uh, had they were interesting titles, and oddly enough, those titles could be linked up to NFL football teams this upcoming season. And I picked out four in particular which could be used or, or attached to each individual team within each division. Now I'm just going to point out those four songs, and I'm going to allow you, based upon the title name, to figure out which song is, is, is attached to what team in each division. I'm not going to do it for each division. I'm just going to point out the songs, and I'm going to point out for, this, for the uh, AFC East who have attached these songs too. Uh, first and foremost, song number one is titled Show Yourself, right? I'm really going to need the New England Patriots to do just that. Who are you? All right. I, 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 no, I'm not saying, no, I take that back. Show Yourself goes to the Buffalo Bills, right? Mm. Because right. the reason why I say that is this is a team who's on the, solely on the rise. Uh, uh, everybody is, is, is picking them as to be a favorite in the division this year, especially with New England not being the New England Patriots that we know and the Jets and the Dolphins being who they currently are. I'm going to need the Buffalo Bills to prove to me that you are who we think you are. So, Buffalo, show yourself, dude. Um, into the Unknown, another title. I'm like, yo, this is just crazy how this could mean about a bunch of things, but yeah, uh, into the unknown. We don't know what the New England Patriots are going to be because there's no more Tom Brady. Um, there's no more Gronk. A lot of the players on the defensive side of the ball have all decided to opt out, with uh, especially Donta Howard, um, Cam Newton. It, it, which Cam are we getting? Are we getting the old MVP, MVP Cam that he's proclaiming that he is? And looking as healthy as he is, we haven't had an opportunity to watch him in preseason. That's a whole other conversation. We've just seen him work out. What are we getting from the New England Patriots, which is why I'm saying that we're going into the unknown with the New England Patriots. Um, with the, uh, 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 the, the, the Miami Dolphins, well, it, it says something has never changed. I'm not expecting this team to be a playoff team this year. But I do believe that the Miami Dolphins are making improvements, you know, with the additions that they've made on the defensive side of the ball. And and, and it looks like Coach Flores is is looking to make this team resemble his old team of the New England Patriots. But the the fourth song is Lost in the Woods, and that is very appropriate for the New uh, York Jets, with everyone looking to uh, leave ship, uh, Jamal Adams leaving out of there. And it looks like um, as as much as Le'Veon Bell wanted to get there, now he's looking around trying to figure out what's there. But to answer your question, who do I have winning the uh, uh, the AFC East? I got the Buffalo Bills winning the East this year. Wow, wow! You know, and that's like only Buffalo, because I really yeah. don't know what to expect from the the New England Patriots as of yet. I'm, I'm uh, like you said. He's cap- uh, Bill Belichick is capable of taking uh, um, teams that we didn't expect to play well to 11-5 and five heights. We've seen that in the past. 
And I know that even though we don't necessarily know what this defense is that he has, he understands it, and he's going to end up having that team play well. The thing is whether or not this team is going to be capable of winning 10 games. If they can't win 10 games, I don't see them winning the division, but they're going to need to have 11 games to most definitely win because I, I truly believe Buffalo can win at least 10. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. I'm waiting for Josh Allen to take that next step. That's my thing. If he can take the next step, I'm not down what Buffalo can do defensively. I'm just waiting uh-huh. for Josh Allen. I know he has a new toy and Stephon Diggs, but I just until Josh Josh Allen really takes the next step, I don't see him beating Belichick. And the AFC North, I'm gonna throw this one at you. You're gonna laugh at me. Mm-hmm. I got a feeling. I got a funny feeling. My team, as you recall from last year, we had a top rated one of the top rated defenses in the NFL behind the Bills. Mm-hmm. And but we were but we were bad quarterback play. We were eight and five. Yeah. Before that faithful Sunday game against Buffalo where we lost. And then we it followed up by with a fall to the fucking Jets. And then to those those damn Ravens to close out the season. But we won that game with a guy named Duck playing quarterback <laughs> and Mason Rudolph. That's how close it were. Now we get a healthy Big Ben back. Hopefully he doesn't play like Large Benjamin at any point this season. And, <clears throat> look, they got the same defense through who's got something to prove. Mm-hmm. I think my Steelers going to win the AFC North. I'm going to come and say it. Then we're going to win the North. We're going to win the North. Um, I think that um, the Ravens are still going to be good. They're going to be great. I just, I, especially if um, if, if uh, Lamar Jackson, the reigning MVP, takes another step in his passing ability. But I think people are going to be on the lookout for Lamar Jackson now. He's in the crosshairs. And Pittsburgh is hungry from last year. And, you know, Big Ben's way to get trouble out the bit to get back at it. So I think it'll be very, very, very close at the top. It wouldn't be shocking to see both. My Steelers and the Ravens winning 11, 11 games in time. But I, really, I, I, I have a feeling. Now, we all know that the, shoe, the other shoe may drop. Big Ben may hurt his ankle, may re-injure that elbow or whatever. He's 38 years old, I think, um, mm-hmm. or 37 years old. And he, he was the same draft class with, with us, almost called Archie. Uh, 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 Eli Manning and, and Philip Rivers. Eli retired, uh, mm-hmm. and so actually, I think Big Ben is eight, is thirty eight. He's thirty eight years old. So, and 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 and, and I think um, Rivers is on his last leg. May he may have a season or two left. So it may go badly for my Steelers from the quarterback position. But I have a feeling. I have a feeling. Meanwhile, so I got Steelers, Ravens, real close at the top of the AFC North, followed by. Hold on to your seat, the Bengals. I think the Ooh. Bengals are going to surprise them. I think they – look, I know Joe Burrow's a rookie. I know he caught light in the box last season with the LSU Tigers. But I really love Burrow's swag. I love his leadership intangibles. I love the fact that here he led a march from um, 
from 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 Paul Brown Stadium to the uh, under to the International Underground Railroad Museum and spoke on social justice. He's really vocal about social social justice. Um, and he's basically made Mike Brown essentially like acknowledge those things. So this again, this kid is from small. He's from Athens, Ohio, which is in the middle of the state. Ohio University is, but it's small town. College town, but a small town, Ohio. So to mm-hmm. see that coming, see to hear that coming from that particular kid, that 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 particular young man, is inspiring and awesome to me. So I think he's oozing leadership intangibles. Um, and so look, he may have a rough go of it. He may even they may even finish last, but they at least Cincinnati. All signs are pointing up, and they have, of course, they have AJ Green back. They just signed Joe Mixon to a to a new contract, and I think they've improved the offensive line. So, I wish look look out for Cincinnati again. They won't they won't make the playoffs, but they'll 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 shot people this year. They're going to be a problem, and of course Cleveland. And look, the thing about Cleveland is they're not short on talent. We all know that, but they're Cleveland. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're just Cleveland. <laughs> they're finding a way to fuck it up. They're, they're Cleveland. So, I mean, remember everybody and their mama had to finish in second, at least second in the division, and we all, uh, we all know how that turns out. They finished worse than the duck-led Steelers. So, you know, so and so the Steelers got things. We're getting their quarterback, our quarterback back. And, of course, Baker Mayfield, if he's not a – because it does continue to be a basket case, they may surprise. They got enough talent. They're, they're, they're probably the most talented team in the damn division, but they're Cleveland. So I got Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cincinnati, Cleveland finishing that order. Uh, to your point, um, that was something I did notice about Pittsburgh. As a matter of fact, I just found it funny um, as it was going on. I, I was a little bit more confident about Pittsburgh's ability to possibly make the playoffs last year at times than you were up until that point where they had that three-game slide late in the season. But I will say this, once again, back to these frozen two title songs, um, some things never change in that division again, right? Because we already know that Baltimore and Pittsburgh are going to play well. They're not going to be sub-500 teams unless it's a uh, catastrophic or on either squad, right? They're coached well. They have the talent. They play hard. They are competitive uh, week in, week out. We know to to expect from them. The thing is, of course, which one is going to be good enough to win the division that respective year? Um, it, it, Cleveland, they they have a lot of talent on paper, but um, we don't know what to expect from this team uh, because they have a new head coach. So we once again we're going into the unknown with them. Yeah. Um, with Stefanski. Right, we, we we don't know what this dude is, is, is capable of doing and, and what he's going to do um, with this team. We got to remember a lot of his talent that this team has all came together last year under a different coaching staff, um, and, and so so it's going to be once again no no preseason. We don't know how they're going to work against opposing teams within their respective schemes. So it's going to be interesting to see how long it takes for that team to put it all together. And unlike you. With the Cincinnati Bengals, man, I think that they're lost in the woods. 
they got a a, a a new QB, a new shiny QB who, who looked great at LSU, but A.J. Green can't stay healthy to save his life, unfortunately. That's my man out of Somerville, South Carolina, my third hometown, but he just can't stay upright. That old line I don't trust. Joe Mixon I don't trust. And, my God, who even plays defense for the Cincinnati Bengals now? So, um, to your point, uh, 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 I don't I don't know whether or not Big Ben can stay healthy. I believe though if he can stay healthy in the title sixteen, Pittsburgh wins it. But I don't know if he can, which is why I'm giving Baltimore um, the division. I don't think that they're winning thirteen games um, again this year or better. But I think that they go ahead and, and speak out the division this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Moving to the NFC South, bro. Aside from maybe the Texans and Titans, I don't give too much. I don't give too much dams about this AFC South. It's one of those bad <laughs> divisions that no one really gives a fuck about most years. But I'll say this: this will come down between the Titans and the, and the Texans. I'm glad that um, that Deshaun Watson got his money, and I'm also glad that uh, he's speaking out on social justice. I'm happy about that. Um, he shows like he does write up on him on ESPN about him come, finally coming out of his shell. So that's pretty awesome. Um, but anyway, um, but I like what they're doing in Tennessee more than they're doing in Houston because check this out. Why did Bill O'Brien, coach of the Texans, also the GM, why did he get rid of DeAndre Hopkins for like a couple of tomato cans? He just got rid of his best <laughs> weapon. I mean, who the hell is well, I mean, who, who the hell is uh, uh, about to go throw the ball to. I know what Kenny still is. Kenny still is. I think he's still in Texas. He's still. He he still I think he's still in Houston. But no, I mean, I'm trying to him to Will Fuller. Fuller. I think that's yeah. Will Fuller the fourth or whatever fifth, sixth, seventh, wherever he is. Um, <laughs> but but you get rid of DeAndre Hopkins. Why? For who? For what? But that's 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 Arizona's. That's Arizona's. Like is happy about that. And, you know, whatever. They just signed him to a new deal too. But anyway, the point being is, they got back, they being the Titans now, got back Derrick Henry, they signed to a new deal, very much deserved. They, I, I'm kind of iffy on that big deal to get Tannenhill. I, I don't know about that. But I think tennis is well coached. I think they've, they've discovered something from last season. And even though they won't be sneaking up on some folks this year like they did last year, I still got them winning the South. So I got Tennessee. Houston, Indianapolis, and the Soyuz Jaguars are looking to tank and 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 get into the and get into the, uh, the, the, in, in the uh, 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 tank for uh, uh, what's the name of that that quarterback from Clemson? It just slipped my mind. But uh, uh, Lawrence. Anyway, Lawrence, Lawrence, yeah, tank for Lawrence, and they may tank for Dabo Sweeney. That's the rumor. But anyway, Ooh. we have we have like one AFC South and the order of AFC South. Well, to your point about uh, Houston and, um, and and Bill O'Brien, I mean, you saw the deal that Arizona gave DeAndre Hopkins. It was just that Houston didn't want to give uh, DeAndre that deal. I kind of understand. It's going to be interesting, though, because they're trying to fill that void of no DeAndre with Randall Cobb, Brandon Cooks, and, and, and you're right, uh, Stills and Fuller are both there as well. So it'll be real interesting to see if the four of them 
can equate the the output that they got from Fuller and, and Hopkins last year. They won't have that possession receiver in DeAndre like they used to, but they they've added uh, uh, some speed there, but not as fast as it. Well, Brandon's a speedster, but he can't stay healthy. Same thing with Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb, we won't get the Randall Cobb of uh, 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 of Green Bay. This uh, well, we won't. We haven't seen that Randall Cobb in years. Um, but it'll be interesting to see whether or not he's going to be serviceable for DeAndre Hopkins. Um, so once again, I, I say it again, into the unknown with the Houston Texans, um, Indianapolis. Uh, well, actually, Indianapolis. And the um, Tennessee Titans, I, I, they need to show themselves. As much as I like the, the what, what the Tennessee Titans were capable of doing last season, um, can they do it again? And then Indianapolis, this is a team, especially on, the deep, on both sides of the ball, that couldn't stay healthy. Um, but they, they, they had that youth movement coming back on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, 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 Darius Leonard will be back. Um, and they also uh, picked up your boy from San Fran, the defensive tackle um, there. So they, that defensive that, that defensive front seven in Indianapolis is going to be nasty. And, and and you add Philip Rivers there to QB. Hopefully he can stay upright and be serviceable if um, he can give you the production interceptions as well. But if he can give you the passing production that he was capable of giving you in in Los Angeles here in Indianapolis. Watch out for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, with that said, I am taking the Colts to win the South this year with the Titans coming in at second, um, Houston uh, coming in at third, and like we said before, lost in the woods, Jacksonville Jaguars. Once again, another one of those sinking ships. You got players jumping the ship like uh, Mike on a, a sinking ship, man. Hmm. Interesting. AFC West. It's pretty easy. I got the Chiefs winning it. <clears throat> I got. Um, I don't. You know what? I would pick Denver, but I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm picking. Check, uh, I almost called San Diego. I picked the Chargers to finish second. I got the Raiders finishing third, and Denver finishing dead last. In the AFC West. Now, I really like Denver's quarterback. I really, I really like the, the, the young quarterback. And I love the fact that the Chargers are going back to that powder blue jersey. Those are awesome. Those new jerseys that the Chargers <laughs> will be wearing, they are hella awesome. Yo, they are awesome. They're going back to 1970 with that shit. Awesome. And I really like the Raiders being in Las Vegas. I mean, you got to have the Raiders in Las Vegas, right? You got to have the Raiders in Las Vegas. Um, but I got the Chiefs winning. You know what? Bump it. I got the Raiders finish in second. So Chiefs, Raiders, Chargers, Broncos. Well, I like the, the, the Chargers a little bit better than you do. Um, I, I think Tyrod Taylor is going to be uh, who he was or who he is. You add that running game right. to Tyrod and that defense, that defense, my God, um, once again, if they can stay healthy, they should be fine. Um, so I have Kansas City, the Chargers, uh, Denver, and then Vegas. Hmm. Interesting. 
Um, now on the NFC, the East was near and near to your heart. I don't know if if if, if Jalen Hurts is going to end up starting quarterback for the Eagles. I mean, they picked them in the second round for a reason. Yeah. Um, I don't know what they know about uh, Carson Wentz. His health, his health. But I, I don't know what's going on there. But I got the win in the East. I got them finishing ahead of the Cowgirls. Um, did the Giants come in third? And the Washington football team, or as I call them, Washington team football, WTF. In <laughs> 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 the East. I know they're, they're your beloved Washington team, but damn, what a dumpster fire the organization is with the <laughs> old sexual allegations with, with the owner and the the the, the, the uh, minority owners wanted, wanted to get the hell out and, and Al Snyder in the process, Danny Boy Snyder in the process, but God bless you, and God bless Washington fans. Everybody. Anyway, <laughs> we have finishing in the East, start to finish, from top to bottom, rather. Oh, man, Washington football team, that's a whole other podcast for a whole other day. Um, <laughs> right. I, I'll, I'll say this, right? Even with the new head coach in Dallas and Mike McCarthy, um, I need the Cowboys to do one thing for me. Prove me up wrong. Um, that team has been average for well over 20, for about 20 years now. You know, even yeah. in seasons in which they go 12-4, and four, the following year they'll go 4-12, and 12, which equals out to what? 8-8. Eight and eight. So they they go on this eight and eight journey. They've been going on this eight and eight journey for twenty years now. And I know Cowboy fans are like, yeah, whatever, Skins fans. Prove me wrong, player. Prove me wrong. You you'll go ahead, you win eight games, win ten games, win six games, win twelve games, win eight games, then four. You just end up averaging out eight and eight. You just average, dude. And now you got another uh, coach and Mike McCarthy that's coming from a place everyone's talking about how great of a coach Mike McCarthy is because he does have a Super Bowl ring. But you got to remember Mike McCarthy's uh, coach, one of the greatest QBs of our generation, if not one of the greatest QBs of all time. I'm not saying he's the best mm-hmm. of all time, but Aaron Rodgers is, 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 a, is a pretty damn good QB. You know, especially with his, 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 his yards per game, uh, touchdowns to turnover ratio. The dude's pretty damn good. Now, and my God, I find myself defending Dallas quarterbacks over the past couple of seasons, and it's starting to second me. I, I, I was a defender of Tony Robo, and now I'm starting to defend Dak Prescott. Uh, God help me. Um, Dak ain't Aaron Rodgers, but Dak ain't trash either, right? But um, right. So if, if he can go ahead and, and, and just be competitive with this team, they should be fine. The thing is, though, I need them to prove to me on the field that they're going to be fine. Um, I don't have them winning the division once again. It's going to be another close one. I think it's going to come down to the final week of the year again between Philadelphia and Dallas. And I, I have Philadelphia once again squeaking out uh, the division. But to your point, after hearing um, Lowry's explanation of why they drafted Hurts, uh, I understand it because, of course, Wentz can't stay 100%. Um, so, yes, it's always great to have you a great backup. But at the same time, with his um, uh, 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 year four comes up next year, so they're going to be right. in, in, the, in negotiation 
on, on, on his contract, and why not go ahead and at least have you a guy in-house that you can go ahead and start to groom a year early just in case you choose to go otherwise with Wentz or Wentz decides he wants to go someplace else. So why not, right? Be prepared, dude, especially if you like the guy. If you like the guy enough, why not? I understand they need help otherwise, other places, but this wasn't a team that wasn't going to win a Super Bowl this year. Just go ahead and start to get stocked up for the future and, and, and get yourself prepped. But this is still a team that's good enough to win a division. So like I'm saying, Philly, Dallas, I know you don't like them, but I like them. And, and I mean, outside of the fact that it's, it's the team <laughs> that I'm a, a fan of, that defense, that front seven and the rotation that they're going to have with Chase Young, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, yeah. Martez Sweat, uh, Ryan Kerrigan, Matt Ioannidis, Tim Settles, that linebacking core. I like this defense, and I expect this defense to lead this team. And I understand everyone's giddy about the um, the New York Giants, but once again, that's another team that's – say it with me now uh, – going into the unknown because you have a new head coach in, uh, 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 in Joe Judge. This receiving core, I like them with uh, Sterling and um, Golden Tate, uh, Ingram, of course, Saquon out the backfield. But that defense I don't trust. So, yes, Dal- uh, Philly, Dallas, Washington, Giants. Got it. NFC North. This is going to be good. <clears throat> I don't know what the hell they're doing in Green Bay. They, they didn't give any. Uh, they didn't give Aaron Rodgers any help in the form of wide receivers. This is in the draft that was deep with, with wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I know they got the asses beat twice by the San Francisco 49ers during the regular season and AFC Championship game. But the man needs help. And what did yes. they do? They traded away a draft pick to move up to select Jordan Love. He's a rich replacement. So I don't know if Adam Lafleur, <laughs> the coach. It's really pissed off with Aaron Rodgers, or he just doesn't give a damn. It's one or two. So I got the Vikings. As a result, I got the Vikings on the strip of that, winning the division, barely, but winning the division over the Packers. So I got Minnesota, Green Bay. Detroit should be better, even though their coach is just incompetent as hell. But I like the team, but just say I don't think they're good enough to compete with Green Bay nor Minnesota. And the Bears are just bad. I mean, don't. <clears throat> I know Bears fans are kicking themselves. We both know some Bears fans mm-hmm. um, who, who passed up both Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes for Mitchell Trubisky. Not only did they pass them up, they traded up. They traded mm-hmm. up to get that motherfucker from UNC. Look, Mitchell was, he's not bad per se. But he's not the third, second or third round, the third pick overall. Dude could probably beat up uh, Marquise Williams in Carolina. It, it, he could he beat up Marquise Williams in Marquise Carolina, dude. Yeah. Yeah, he was a practice squad at the best. He could beat him out. Tell me you're going to trade up and shut the guys who he couldn't beat out a practice squad? Serious? Anyway, that's Bears. That's Bears for you. So, that's all I got, man. Minnesota, Green Bay, Detroit, Chicago. In that order. 
the, the, the player, and I agree with you in that order, um, the player to watch, um, in my opinion, in that division is going to be an old reliable and Adrian Peterson in Detroit. I want to see what the Detroit Lions are going to be capable of, of doing with a running back. And I don't know, understand that everyone was high on uh, uh, Swift and Johnson, but they're two young guys who are already dealing with injury. Um, and that team as a whole has done with, uh, been dealing with running backs that have been hurt ever since Barry Sanders left. Adrian Peterson is the most reliable thing that they'll probably have it running back since Barry Sanders. Yeah, I said it, and I'll say it again. Mm-hmm. The thing is, though, which AP are we going to get? Are we going to get the disgruntled AP from Arizona and New Orleans? Or are we going to get the AP that was the bell cow when he was here in, in, in D.C.? If you can get that bell cow, Adrian Peterson, behind a healthy Matt Stafford, the Detroit Lions could be very, very interesting. I don't know what that defense is going to look like just yet, but that's going to be Matt Patricia's business, even more so, especially if that offense can stay healthy and they can get them a consistent running game from Adrian Peterson. Mm. Yeah, I see. He's a future Hall of Famer to be sure, Adrian Peterson, but yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting. Um, let's go to MC South. <laughs> um, I'm not just going to crap against now. Um, that's this is going to be interesting division too. Mm-hmm. I like even though I, I even though Tampa has Tom Brady, Tampa Bay as they call it, you know, and they have a hell of a lot of talent. Um, you know, Mac Evans may not play week one because of hamstring issues, hamstring issues against the Saints. Mm-hmm. But I still think it's going to be between New Orleans and Tampa in the division. So, I like New Orleans. I like Tampa. Carolina's going to shock some people. They're going to make. They're going to be a problem. They're going to be like Cincinnati. They're going to be a problem to some teams. Um, but anyway, I got Carolina followed by Atlanta. I think Atlanta. They peaked a few years ago in the Super Bowl when they blew that twenty-eight to three lead. They haven't been over it since. God bless those. You Atlanta Falcons fans down there, but anyway, I got Carol. I got. I'm sorry, New Orleans, Tampa Bay, Carolina, and Atlanta. Ask yourself. I'm a little concerned um, about the quarterback situations for both of the teams that you have in your top two in, in the South. Uh, but once again, they're, they're two of the best QBs in the league. Um, you do have Tom in a new situation in, 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 in Tampa, but he is surrounded by a lot of talent, um, including uh, Leonard Fournette, who they just added. This offense that they got in Tampa is very reminiscent of the New England Patriots when they had um, Randy Moss and uh, what's your boy uh, that played in Oregon, the, the, the big back. Oh, yeah, I know you're talking about. I forget his name. Yeah, um, that, that, that year that I mean, that's the year that they went sixteen and zero. I'm not saying that this this Tampa Bay team is going undefeated. No, no, no. I'm not saying that at all. But they they have on the offensive side of the ball a similar structure. Um, but they still want to have to deal with the conference, uh, the division champs, and uh, the New Orleans Saints. And the thing is, they're going to need um, 
Actually, no, they're not. The, 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 the defense proves that they, they, they play well and well enough to keep their team in games. Um, and, 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 and Drew Brees, of course, we know who Drew Brees is, even though I think that he's on the tail end of his career. The thing is, though, it's going to be interesting to see how quickly they'll keep capable of figuring out which QB to go to between Taysom Hill and, um, and Jameis Winston. Hopefully Jameis is capable, uh, has been capable uh, to learn this offense and that they can potentially lean on him. If I was a New Orleans Saints fan, I would prefer that they lean on Jameis more so than, 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 than Taysom. Um, yeah, if, if, if they have an injury situation in New Orleans, can they go to Jameis? But I had the same uh, lineup. Well, actually, slightly different at the bottom. So my south is New Orleans, uh, Tampa, Atlanta, uh, Carolina. And finally, the NFC West. This by far would be the best division of all football. All four teams are competitive. All four teams can make hay in any division. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just going to take a stab at it. <clears throat> I like San Francisco. I like the Rams a little bit more. Um, I think the Rams will bounce back this year. I think the loss for San Francisco, I think the loss of uh, Emmanuel Sanders will hurt. Um, and I think Debo Samuels is a little bit ailing. I could be wrong about that, but that's what I heard. So on the side mm-hmm. of that, I got the Rams the West, followed by San Fran, Seattle, and Arizona. Now, Arizona, I think Arizona will finish 8-8. Eight I think every team in this division will have a winning record. That's how wow. the division is. And so, because Arizona, they have, I mean, the, they have the rating rookie of the year in Kyler Murray, right? They just got DeAndre mm-hmm. Hopkins. Again, all they had to do was give up a, a couple of tomato cans. And they signed him to a, the big deal, a two-year extension worth like, I think, $40 million plus per year. Um, so he's getting paid. Um, you know, to go along with old faithful Larry Fitzgerald, they're very talented defensively as well. So again, I I got Arizona feeling to no less than eight and eight. This division is going to be this division stacked. And it's too bad that two teams will only qualify for the playoffs because again, you put Arizona in the NFC in the AFC South, they're winning that division. Mm-hmm. If you put them in the NFC East, they're winning that division. The old school mm. is right with the Ben Six with the Cardinals. Um, yeah, so I, they're that good. So, again, this, this is going to be a great division to watch next year. But I got the Rams, San Fran, Seattle, and Arizona in their order. Wow, my West is a little bit different than yours. Um I'm not as sold on Arizona's defense as you are. Yes, I like Buda Baker. Um, I also like Patrick Peterson. But, God, that defense was very poor last year. But at the same time, that offense didn't help in the first half of the season because they couldn't stay on the field, mm-hmm. thus putting a whole lot of strain on that defense. Um, I'm expecting that offense to get a whole lot better. Um, but I don't know if they're going to be strong enough to win their division. Um, the, once again, the one thing that never changed in that division, Seattle Seahawks. I don't expect anything to change mm-hmm. again. Um, I actually have them winning the division. I have the San Francisco 49ers having a little layover from last season. And, of course, uh, 
losing a couple of pieces here and there on the um, offensive and defensive side of the ball. Um, it's going to be a little bit different. Um, but, of course, uh, Kyle Shanahan, he's going to coach that offense up. But missing, they're going to be missing Emmanuel uh, – not Emmanuel, but, yeah, Emmanuel Sanders. The, that's going to be very interesting to see the, uh, how they, they come back from that. But they still have uh, Kittles there. Um, Debo, like you said, he's dealing with uh, some some potential is, uh, issues there. But, um, yeah, I have Seattle, um, San Fran, the Rams, and Arizona in that order. Hmm. So, who you got? Who you have uh, winning the the uh, AFC and the NFC? Whew. This is where it gets a little tough, um, because you know seven teams in the playoffs this year, um, right? With the number one seed getting that first round by, and everyone else uh, facing each other, um, I actually have. Ooh, my God, because I really haven't had an opportunity to really think this through. Um, without really even bring your spot. Ah, man, you got to remember, no one has uh, repeated. Only one team has repeated in this uh, in the past twenty years, and that's been the New England Patriots of uh, two thousand three, two thousand four. And as good as this Kansas City Chiefs team is, and they will compete. Um, God, do I have them necessarily winning? The conference again. Um, mm, God, I don't have Georgia somebody to necessarily stop them. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say, Oh my God, I'm gonna say New Orleans. Oh my God, I don't believe I'm saying this out loud. New Orleans <laughs> and Baltimore. New Orleans and Baltimore. Wow. Wow. Who do you have winning at I'm all? I'm regret saying that. Who do I have winning at all between those two? Um, I'm going to go with Charm City, man. And as much as I'm going to hate for uh, the, the city up the road to uh, to win another one um, and, and celebrate this, I'm, I'm going with Baltimore. I got the Chiefs edging out my Steelers in the AFC. I mm-hmm. have in the NFC. I have uh, again. I probably changed my mind tomorrow when I finally write my preview. Uh, post my preview. Um, it won't be anybody from the east. It won't be anybody from the north. No. It would be New Orleans. I think the Rams are going to ride the wave of that fabulous new stadium into the <laughs> NFC Championship. <clears throat> I got New Orleans and the Rams, and what has turned out to be a pretty cool rivalry. In the NFC, so I, I, I got the Saints winning one last hurrah for Drew Brees to get back to the Super Bowl, but I got them lose to Kansas City. I don't see anybody stopping Kansas City. The only team that can stop Kansas City is or teams or in the NFC. That's with Baltimore and Pittsburgh because they both have the defenses and the winning games to do it. Um, yeah, but I, I I don't see anybody in the NFC stopping them. Maybe the states are more, in terms of matching them point for point, and probably Tampa Bay too, and the Rams. But I, I, I think the Chiefs will repeat. I think that they they resigned the young pieces 
and wise and Mahomes wisely took a pay cut, a risk extension, so that other cats could get paid, deserve to get paid. Andy Reid, he's a quarterback genius. I, I don't see anybody beating him. Uh, so, but it's going to be one odd season with no fans. The little no fans in the stands. It's going to be a weird year, man. So we'll see. So um, we'll definitely talk next week. I know we're going to be scratching our heads next week over some games. So. Uh, yeah, man. Oh, most definitely. Look, this lucky, no lucky. preseason thing it has has really ruined my uh, excitement and anticipation and analysis for this upcoming season, man. Because I don't know what we don't know what to expect. We haven't had an opportunity we don't to do anything. Yeah, we don't know. I mean, I'll say one thing: expect some sloppy ass play the first two, three weeks, two or three weeks of the season. Because again, yeah, no preseason. And again, I'm not big on preseason. I'm like keeping maybe a couple of games in preseason, but still, guys need to hit something, and they haven't been yeah. able to hit anybody. And so, it's gonna be it's gonna be some it's gonna be crazy, man. But see, uh, man. But thankfully, football is here, and we'll see what they do. Protesting all, we'll see what they do with the play on the field. We'll see. But thank you, man. Talk to you later. Oh, real quick, man. Rest in peace, Tom. Terrific, Tom Seaver, Lou Brock, and the son of an Aggie, Jermaine Stevens, Jermaine Stevens Jr. Unfortunately, he passed away yesterday due to his battle with COVID. He played football up um, in Pennsylvania um, and, and got, unfortunately got exposed to COVID-19, and he passed away yesterday. God bless, man. God, that's just sad. Yeah. But, yeah. Scott, but stay safe, man. Stay safe. You do the same. <laughs> All right, peace out. That's my guy, D Nash. Please check him out on DRS or CCC Sports. We're asking about all things. HBCU Sports Tours, Sleazy Radio on Facebook Live every Tuesday night and HeroSports.com. Thank you for tuning the podcast. It's Scott Burks. Enjoy week one in the NFL season, the NBA playoffs. And as always, first of all, stay inside, wear a mask. Stay safe. And one more thing. Oh!